Well, good morning, church. So, what a wonderful morning. I have to admit, we're gathered here to worship. We've actually installed new elders. We are preparing to move to a new campsite, as I call it. And in all of this, I've been over the last several weeks and months, actually, been reflecting on, I wonder what God is up to in the midst of this. So I hope to bear within the next several minutes, help us get to know God a little better and maybe help us gain some insight into what he is up to and how we might join him. Specifically, as we install new elders and look forward to big changes, I believe God is using this passage, 1 Peter, to challenge us to think of ourselves as living stones built together in Christ, the chief cornerstone, as a spiritual house. So I know that some of the kids have been given a few things to be able to do while I talk, so hopefully you'll be able to put some pictures together and we'll take a look at some of those maybe at the end of this. So thank you. First of all, I want to pray and give, uh, just give myself over to the Lord. So Father, thank you so much for uh, defending your own glory, Lord, and allowing us to be part of all that you are doing in the church. So I give this time to you. I ask uh, that you open our ears to hear, our minds to understand, and our hearts to move forward in the name of Jesus and a wave offering. So a little bit of background. I'm going to base my message on a passage in 1 Peter, so I want to lay down just a little bit of historical information about the letter. 1 Peter was written from Rome to a group of believers dispersed throughout Asia Minor. They were struggling to live out their faith. So I can imagine in recent months that, it, that these months have left us also with a different perspective of life than what we had coming into 2019, certainly. 2020, excuse me. What does the near future hold for us? Anything better? Anything worse? Where will your faith be and my faith be? Whether things improve or not. So Peter sees that there's a unique God-ordained way for individual believers to leave, live in a manner that will actually preserve their faith strengthen their relationships with each other, and provide a witness around them. You've heard these words before, but I'm going to repeat them. It's through community. Maybe not quite the way we understand it right now. We will look at the metaphor of a spiritual house to bring out the type of community relationships that I believe God is calling for us as we venture together toward our new campsite. There's a slight twist to the story. I know this is a familiar story to many in here, but I'm asking you to listen on as we look into how Peter is developing this concept of a living, of a spiritual house. So I'm going to read 1 Peter. I'm going to start with chapter 1, verse 22, and I'll end with verse, chapter 2, verse 10. You have purified your souls by obeying the truth in order to show sincere mutual love 
So love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You have been born anew, not from perishable, but from imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory, like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was proclaimed to you. So get rid of all evil and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and yearn like newborn infants for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up to salvation if you have experienced the Lord's kindness. So as you come to him, so as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men but chosen and priceless in God's sight, you yourselves as living stones are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it says in scripture, look, I lay in Zion a stone, a chosen and priceless cornerstone, and whoever believes in him will never be put to shame. So you who believe see his value, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stumbling stone and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you, you, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. So, that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but now you are God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have mercy. You have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. In this moment of silence, let's pay attention to what God is saying to us through this word. Thank you, Lord, for opening our hearts to you, for being so faithful to your bride. We lift ourselves up before you and ask that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can see in this passage that God is calling us to a unique and unusual pattern of relating to one another. It runs contrary to our nature, certainly to my nature, and if you're like me, and I know I am. It runs, current, it runs contrary also to the current culture. What it's telling us is best for our well-being. The passage highlights that we are called to put on sincere mutual love. Many of us have read that many times. I have read that many times. Here's the problem. I get in the way. According to this passage, I and you have a number of natural character traits that are destructive to that sincere mutual love that God wants us to have with one another. He names several in this passage. Some of them are envy, malice, hypocrisy. You see, I want to relate well to you. I'm called to that. It's in the calling that God's given each one of us 
But I have all these other relationships, stunting behaviors, motivations, attitudes going on inside of me, and they come out between us. I'm caught with the desire to relate well with you and the exposure of these traits that get in the way. So I do what I do time and time again. I resort to using whitewash to cover up these bad behaviors, these soul-destroying internal motivations. Whitewash, to explain it, is anything that I use to put a quick and easy veneer over our relational interactions in my attempts to hide or perhaps even justify how I interact with you. It gives the appearance of sincere mutual love, but it does not do the work of truly binding us together. You see a problem with this? I tell you, God does. In Ezekiel, where he talks to the false prophets about building the wall and then putting whitewash over it, he says, when anyone builds a wall without mortar, they coat it with whitewash. Tell the ones who coat it with whitewash that it will fall. What is this mortar? That's the question. Well, I know so from some other passages of Scripture that some of the ingredients of this mortar are humility, contrite heart, mercy, forgiveness. Okay, that's a real problem for me because now I'm really stuck. I'm un unable to manufacture any of these on my own. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. They are who Jesus is between us. They are who he is, and they are who he is between us. So how do I move from my strong propensity to use whitewash in my relationships and add mortar to my life? The answer does not depend on my own effort, my own skill, my personality, nor does it depend on yours. God declares Jesus the perfect living stone. He earned the right to be the chief cornerstone. He's made, he was made perfect by the things he suffered. He was humiliated. He was nailed to the cross. He died and bled for our sins. And now he lives. It's, it's his work in us and between us that produces the mortar. He is not only the perfect living stone and the perfect chief cornerstone, he is the true and better mortar. But I still don't come in. And I let you get in the way too. It takes work. And there are too often times that I am not sure it's worth the effort. I am so self-absorbed. I'm lost in my own story. I've made my life too much about me as an individual stone. I don't see the spiritual building nor the need for mortar. When I'm most concerned about my own individual story, I'm much less willing to trust God, to trust that he is really involved in my day-to-day -day living. I'm likely to do everything I can in my power to get my needs met 
even if it means you must suffer because of my poor actions or my inactions. But he helps me to unfocus on myself by helping me to see myself in the context of his larger story, the story from time past and through eternity. He gives me scripture like what comes in the earlier part of 1 Peter, letter to remind me of how faithfully, remind each one of us, how faithfully he acted in history to maintain a people for himself through all the ups and downs of similar periods of trial and hardship. He is faithful through all history, no exception, then, now, and into the future. So as I said before, I'm prone to whitewashing. I don't want to show hands, but I'm wondering how many either viewing this on stream or in here have the same tendency to whitewash our relationships. It's a hard and ingrained habit. Let me digress just a little bit so that you get an idea of what I'm talking about a little bit more. Some examples and how I attempt to enter community without mortar. Again, when I'm most concerned about my own virtue and honor, I'm much less willing to forgive you when you dishonor me. I'm much less willing to support you when I think you're getting ahead of me. I will likely allow the seeds of contempt to grow towards you. I see this on the internet all the time. I see this in some of my conversations. When I'm most concerned about my own glory, I'm much less willing to submit my own interest and goals for those of another. I will hold on to jealousy and envy. I will grasp it tightly. I wonder if you do the same. I'm quite adept at whitewashing these, these traits, so they are not so evident. I hide what's going on in me from you. I pretend what's going on between us is great. But this stunts our growth together. It inhibits the application of mortar. So I ask again, how do I add the mortar? He tells me that it is he who is building us together as living stones. If you read that scripture, you will not see that you are called to build. It is he who is building us together. He helps me understand that it's not about me. He changes my focus from inward to outward. He mediates, mediates where I fail and where I succeed. Hebrews says that Jesus is our mediator. He's between us just the way mortar is between the stones and a wall. It's the mortar that actually holds the stones together rather than keeping them apart. So if he's the mortar, how do I come to him? I surrender and I ask him to be my mortar. I begin to let go of my grasp to make sure my life works out the way I want. I begin to promote your well-being even if I don't see everything in my own life working out the way I hoped or wanted. I yield my independence and my self-righteous nature. I learn to look to the perfect living stone and trust him 
to place me in the right spot in his house so that others will see his virtue. I can let go of my need to be honored among any of you. I put my trust in the faithfulness and care of the true and better mortar, Jesus Christ. We can do this together because we know that he suffered more than any of us did. He endured to the very end and without sin. He is resurrected and he is advocating for each one of us before the very throne of the Father. He is moving in each of us and producing the mortar of relationships that will stand the test of time and endure anything we can throw each other or this world system can throw at us. Praise God. Would you show the, the house, if you would? And I'll, I'll come over here a little bit. It's when you're watching this live and the person speaking says, this is the most important thing you've got to see and you can't see it. So we're going to go over here. I picked a stone house because I love the shapes, the different shapes of the stones. I think it represents us well. And you can see the mortar. Now, no motto is perfect. Some are useful, right? So I'm going to go with this metaphor. And I'm going to say, let's say this large stone is someone in our congregation, maybe Rachel. And this small stone underneath is perhaps me. You can see that God has to use a lot of mortar around me for Rachel to really move on in this relationship. Sorry, Rachel. And the thing that I want us to see is that I am not called to interrelate with every other stone to the depth that I'm called to relate to the stones that God has put around me. And so I need to be asking God who those people are. The other thing I want you to see is there are stones that Rachel is interacting with that I am not to the depth. Again, we all interact with each other. I'm talking about the depth of relationship. And I need to honor that, those relationships. I need to help promote those relationships. I need to honor God and rejoice in the fact that each one of you will have relationships that I don't. I cannot be envious. I cannot be jealous of those. I have to help each one of us look to Jesus, come to him, and apply that mortar. So how do I apply all of this? How do I get beyond myself and make myself available as a living stone and place myself in the hands of the master mason? How do I lean forward and cooperate with God's spirit in what he's doing? So to Jeff and Bethany, I offer the following charge to you as newly installed elders. Be a model for this church, for venturing into new and deepening relationships within this local body. Model moving through hurt, disappointments, and failure in relating. Model contrite heart, humility, forgiveness. Model coming to him. To the other elders, I don't know if Wade's watching, but this is to you. 
This is to Amy. This is to Mike. This is myself. I ask that we accept this charge on ourselves so that we too, as elders, fellow elders, fellow under-shepherds, model this for the church as we venture into new and deepening relationships. I call to each one of you who call this church home. It's not a charge, but I do challenge you. I extend this challenge to each of you as well to go beyond your comfort and accept this. Risk your comfort. Come to him. Cooperate with the master builder and pray for the mortar of Jesus to be applied as you explore new relationships and deepen old ones. Consider relational opportunities that will stretch us and help us. Shana's ministry opportunities, emotionally healthy relationships, getting together regularly with a small number of people where life can be shared and gracious, truthful conversations become more commonplace than the exception. Ask God to bring to mind, thank you, Amy, those to whom he may have in mind for us to form deeper relationships with. Explore those. Take a risk. You know, if, if you're having to isolate, and I understand that some of us have some medical issues, we have Skype, we have FaceTime, we have a number of ways that we can see faces, not just words. Hear this as a mercy, please. We will fail. And that's the good news. It's the good news. This life together as living stones is designed so that we cannot do this on our own. We must come to the perfect living stone who suffered all that we are suffering and more. We confess our failing and receive forgiveness through his completed work on the cross. We rest in his work we rest in God's choice of him as the chief cornerstone to, him, to whom we are all mysteriously connected, wherever we are on that wall. Let us come to him, a living stone rejected by men but chosen and priceless in God's sight. You yourselves as living stones are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, and to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So let's offer the spiritual sacrifices of contriteness, justice, mercy, humility, mutual love. That begin to draw us out of ourselves into a larger story, a better virtue that's beyond us, and a greater glory that is his. These are acceptable in the sight of God. We look to him as we are laid in place as his house is being built. It is his show. It is his glory. The world is looking for something that they don't know, but will recognize it when they see it. They will see how graciously we move through relational breaks and hurts. Our neighbors will see the virtue of the one who calls us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Let us come to the perfect living stone, the true and better mortar, and celebrate him and the house that he is building 
through the sanctifying power of his spirit.